Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Money Podcast, your source for all things money. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings. Love to follow you to all those things. And uh, as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Rick Kent on the line, and this is a very special reunion 2020 episode. What is that? That's when I had a guest out in the past, and I liked him so much I had to bring him right on back. So Rick is the founder and principal over at Merit Financial Advisors. Uh, Rick, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Adam. It's good to be with you. All right, so uh, excited to get into today's topic, uh, building enterprise value. Uh, but before we do that, I don't want to assume that all of our new listeners caught the first episode. So uh, let's start off uh, with you telling us a little bit more about what you're doing over at Merit Financial Advisors, please. Sure. Yes, Adam, it's, it's, it's been about a 20, 21-year journey uh, since I got into the business and uh, started in the Atlanta area. I started in a niche market. Uh, we started focusing on... Bell South, uh, which is one of the largest employers in our state, and uh, began niche marketing, and that very focused, very deep market penetration in one concentrated area. Worked out very well for us, so we were able to expand and grow quickly uh, and expand uh, to other uh, Bell South uh, locations and opportunities uh, throughout the state, and actually moved to another state and, and began to continue that, that niche marketing. Um, we also begin to grow after that, connecting with other uh, advisors. We did through a, a few. Uh, we've done eight deals now, and the mergers and acquisitions. Uh, we currently have about 76 employees. We have uh, 10 offices across six states, uh, and uh, pretty excited about our opportunity going forward. Wow, it's amazing, and. Uh, so what kind of uh, – so I, I know where you started, so let's talk a little bit about where you're at now. Um, so what are uh, – because there's a lot of people listening right now, and they're always looking for different resources. What, what are the right type of clients that really make uh, – that makes sense typically for Merit Financial Advisors? Yeah, I'm going to say, um, you know, you see so many advisors in our industry focus on the high net worth and makes sense why. Uh, we found there's a lot of opportunity in dealing with the mass affluent. Uh, there's, uh, one, less competition. Two, a very appreciative client, uh, a client that needs help uh, but sometimes are overlooked, and so they're very appreciative when uh, quality advisors give them the time and attention and planning that they need. They're very loyal clients, I, I, would, I will add. Uh, usually you're managing all of their money as opposed to part of their money. So if, if a, the right opportunity presented itself, I would encourage more advisors to think about the mass affluent and thinking about building a business with the mass affluent. First of all, there's a, a lot more of them, right, than the, high, than the 1% or 2% of the high, ultra high net worth for sure. Uh, there's only so many of them to go around, but there's a lot of opportunity with the mass affluent market. I love it. Um, so uh, let's switch it up a bit, Rick. I want to get into building enterprise value. Uh, so where do you want to start with that one? Well, where I'd like to start with that, Adam, is helping advisors to answer the question, what are you building for the future? Mm. And I, I often, ask, often ask advisors, 
how many of you plan on being in the business in the next 10 or 20 years and when I'm in a room and I, you know, 80 or 90% of the hands go up? 10 or 20 years is a long time, and a mm-hmm. lot can be accomplished in that time frame. But I think too many advisors have the mindset that they think about their business as a practice. You hear them use that term all the time. You also hear them use the term, my book of business. Those are interesting terms when I hear that. What does that mean to have a book of business? What does that mean to have a practice? And to me, when I hear the word practice, I I, I think about an individual, an advisor, who tries to do everything himself. Meaning he's, you know, he wants to make the decisions, he wants to have the relationships with the clients, and that to me is a practice. Uh, yes, it makes sense. But to me, I've, I've learned in my time in this industry, it's so much more valuable to build an enterprise. An enterprise is a company that can service clients. And your advisors, I believe, are limiting themselves by holding themselves out as the go-to person and that everybody needs to talk to them, they'll soon hit a ceiling of complexity there where there's on their, they're going to run out of uh, time. Uh, and the goal should be from the very beginning to build out a very, very strong team that handles the client base. Then you can scale. And not to mention that what you're building there is tenfold, 10 times, 20 times, 100 times more valuable than any practice that you'll ever build. So I just wished in the beginning that, uh, you know, I I did catch on pretty quick, but I, mm-hmm. I, I wish in the beginning that when I first started this industry that I realized what I wanted to build and to have an option. Do I want to build a practice or do I want to build an enterprise? Mm-hmm. And it's a very different path. Yeah, completely different. And something that I remember when I was an advisor, something that I thought about and before I went off and started my own practice was um, I think when you, uh, or my own, in this case, enterprise, the way you're using the word, um, it's just a different company. But um, I think the, um, the the other thought process behind this is that really, you know, if you have the ability to be an advisor, when you bring on the, that, when you plug into the right type of system or when you bring on other staff to help, um, to grow the enterprise. I mean, what happens is, you know, you don't it, that that ceiling that you mentioned that happens. Whatever your ceiling is, could be a hundred clients, could be two hundred clients with the right type of, you know, models in place. Might be three hundred clients. Who knows? But you're right. No matter what your bandwidth, no matter how much automation, no matter how many other things you do, you're doing, if you have that mindset to where you have to be the go-to for every single thing, then you're going to hit the ceiling. Doesn't matter how many. Whatever your ceiling is, who knows? But um, you're going to hit the ceiling. So I love that. So how does somebody, Rick, um, change their mindset into that uh, into that building enterprise value mindset as an advisor? Great, it's a great question, Adam. And I think it starts with what I mentioned earlier: is asking yourself the question, "What do you want to build?" And if you realize that you really want to build something bigger than yourself, and mm-hmm. also something that's important that I think more advisors should pay attention to. All of us make a commitment to our clients when we first take on a client. We are going to be here for you. Mm-hmm. If you're an individual, how can you keep that commitment? If you build a team around you, build a firm, build an enterprise, you can keep that commitment because that firm can be there after you're gone to continue servicing those clients that you made that commitment to. I think that's very important. But where you mm-hmm. make the shift, where you make the shift, I think step number one is to realize you're not the guy. You're mm-hmm. you're not as you're not as 
smart or as important as you think you are. Man, Sorry. that's such a hard one for advisors, Rick. It's so hard. I know. You just I, know said. I remember um, when I decided to be more of an enterprise guy, and I remember I was like, I don't even – it was so liberating, though. I remember after I crossed over, I was like, I don't want to be the guy. It's good. It's just exhausting <laughs> to be the guy always. <laughs> you know, you know, based off of my comment, that's an experience. <laughs> that's right, Adam. And you know what I, I think – you know, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm attacking people's egos out there. But I'm you are so bad. The advice <laughs> ego is so big. Oh, hey, great. This is a money show, and now everybody's not going to listen. Thank you, Rick. Please continue. <laughs> okay. That's what we have to realize. And, you know, believe it or not, there really are people that can do a lot of the work that you're doing as an advisor, believe it or not, as good or better than what you're mm-hmm. doing it. And I will say, Adam, there's nothing there's, for me going through this transition. Uh, and step number one is just realizing that, that, you know, I understand a lot of advisors feel like if they don't do it, whatever that is, it's not going to be mm-hmm. done right. The reality is that's false. There, and we need our job as advisors are to raise up other leaders. Our job as advisors is to build a team around us. Our job as, as advisors are to create opportunities for other people. And as we do that, as you were saying, Adam, you realize, boy, what a relief that really is. You know, today, as I think about, you know, our firm, we're just at today with 76 employees. Um, it's exciting for me because a lot of the things that the company is accomplishing today is not a result of me. It's mm-hmm. a result of the team that I've built and their expertise and their excitement and their uh drive and determination and commitment going forward. It's a transition to build an enterprise versus being the guy. Uh, it's a, it, is, it is a transition, but I would encourage people to really take a look at the different potential behind each one of those models and model that out and ask yourself, what do you want to build at the end of the day? No, I love it. Um, and it makes so much sense. And I think that uh, that part that you mentioned about providing opportunities and about, you know, expanding the market. I mean, both of those are so critical. And the other side of thinking about that is it is less of a, um, less of a, you know, looking inward and more of a looking outward approach. And the other thought is we know just numbers-wise that there's a shortage of financial advisors going into this tra- big, huge transition of wealth. Um, there's definitely a shortage. So that being said, um, by you providing those opportunities to groom and raise other advisors and or people within your organization, whether it's the support, the administration, the compliance, like all of these things, what you did by by having, so what you personally did by having a enterprise value or building an enterprise value mindset is you got, you know, over 70 um, different people now that are helping to build and that's a multiplying factor. I don't care how good you were by yourself or even with the small staff, like you couldn't do that on your own. It's, it's physically impossible to make that, to have that much interaction, to have that much, um, to help that many um, families as your cumulative, um, you know, 70-something employees are, are going to help um, as a whole. So, I mean, you're walking the walk on what you said for sure. And, Adam, I think something else that's important to note in our conversation today, while this is a, you know, I'm, I'm approaching this from a, a decision from an individual standpoint to determine what they really want to build uh, in our industry, but think of it this way. If, you're, if you are just an individual and you have built a practice, and I know, I know how much opportunity there is 
building a practice. This is a great industry to build a practice in. Oh, yeah. And the, re- the revenue can be great for an individual. And that's I get that. I understand that. But the question is this. As we go forward in, in these, these times that we're going through now, with compliance being what it is and technology oh, developing like it is, as an individual, can you survive? Will you be mm-hmm. able to survive? And so mm-hmm. either... You know, I think I think a lot of advisors are going to be making a decision: Do I team up with a bigger firm or do I create my own firm? Uh, but I've got I can't keep doing what I've been doing. Yeah, there has to be a consolidation period. Just compliance is getting too much. I remember um, I remember before I made the decision to go uh, full time, and uh, and this is just state of like California. So other other states may be different, and I think they are. But I remember before I made the decision to go full time in media. Um, so every couple of years, I forget it's two, maybe three years. So the RIA practice I had, which is now closed down, um, was going through our like every couple of year audit or whatever that the state does. And what blew my mind, it was my first one, so I think it was like year two or year three, and they do it again. This doesn't mean you did anything wrong for everybody listening. It's just like right. the common compliance of doing the audit for those of you who have never owned a firm or don't know exactly what I'm talking about. And what blew my mind was that the um, the state of California, as of the recording of this in March 2020, has the same standards and application for the way they do an audit as they would for a, for a larger firm. And it blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. So you have to like like the same the same audit and everything else that you would have if you had 10 or 15 or 20 employees is the same that I got to go through. <laughs> and the answer was yes. So multi day. Like this multi-day exercise of me in an office with somebody, like just providing and these all of these things that are like oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even have that like that many clients. Like it was like it is. Um, so it was just it was just crazy. So I know what what you're saying. And consolidation has to happen, especially if people want to make like if they want to not spend a lot as much time as they maybe are on compliance and other things or building systems or some of these other things that some larger firms are going to be. Able to, are able to help with now, or even the marketing, like a lot of different things, lead gen. Um, you're right, like that. It's just, there just has to be a change. Uh, otherwise, you'll. I found myself um, doing more work and more spending more time on compliance and other things than uh, than uh, everything else. And I'm like, oh man, this doesn't. This isn't that much fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> lost a lot. Lost a lot of the flavor in doing that compliance after going through that audit. It was. It made it easier for me to say, oh, I got a pretty good podcaster. I got pretty good business over there too. <laughs> That's right. Made it much easier for me as as all of the other things I do in media grew. <laughs> well, right. Rick. Um, so Rick. That being said, I could talk to you about this all day long. It's been awesome catching up with you, um, but we're about out of time. So that being said, if somebody uh, is listening to this, a two-part question. If somebody is listening to this and as a client, they're, they're interested in learning more about Merit Financial Advisors, how do they connect? And if there's an advisor that's interested in learning more about Merit Financial Advisors, uh, how do they connect? Yeah, I think both are just going to our website, Merit Financial advisors.com and merits m-e-r-i-t just one r one t so meritfinancialadvisors.com that that will get us connected and uh, we can uh, find ways to uh, convene after that 
Fantastic. Well, hey, Rick, really appreciate you coming back on the show for this Reunion 2020 episode. Excited to get you back on in 2021, see what's going on over at Merit Financial Advisors. And uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. Hope you had a lot of fun listening because we had fun uh, making this for you. If you did, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review on the Apple iTunes store. If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Money, definitely leave us a, a, um, a, a subscribe there, but also leave us some comments on the video. Um, love to keep the conversation going on there and move the conversation to the YouTube uh, community. And Rick, thanks again for coming back on the show.